to The Bankable Idea. I'm your host, Andrew Erwick, and today we'll dive into the $180 billion economy opportunity. It's a massive prospect according to Google and the International Finance Corporation, but how much is PR and what are the real opportunities and challenges on the ground? Stay tuned and find out. The report. The Economy Africa 2020 report goes into detail on the great potential of Africa's internet economy, looking at promising tech entrepreneurs driving innovation at the growing tech town across the continent. According to the report, the internet economy has the potential to reach $180 billion by 2025, accounting for 5.2% of the continent's gross domestic product. By 2050, the projected potential contribution could reach $712 billion, which is 8.5% of the continent's entire GDP. Those figures are eye-opening and look brilliant for Google's advocacy efforts and impact reports for stakeholders. And those numbers look even better as Google looks to build its presence across the continent. Infrastructure. Getting onto the web, whether at home or work, using 2G, 3G, broadband, fiber, all is most likely built and operate by one of the big telcos, such as MTN, Airtel, Vodafone, or Orange. The telcos control the continent's access to the internet. And that market dominance will only continue with the help of Facebook, who recently joined MTN, Vodafone, Orange, and China Mobile to build To Africa, a 37,000-kilometer underwater cable around Africa an effort to bring more of the continent's 1.3 billion inhabitants online. And we can't forget the main author of the economy report, Google, and its own programs such as the Loon Project and its TAR program, which aims at expanding global access to fast, affordable internet via beams of light. Right now, you're probably noticing a trend. Big name brand organizations with very big budgets controlling the access and infrastructure of the internet. But that's not the entire story. There are a handful of local internet service providers across the continent, mainly focusing on Wi-Fi. And what they aim to do is really offer affordable access to mainly underserved communities. Such companies include Fiam Wifi out of Lagos, Nigeria, and Poa Internet and Brick, both based out of Kenya. Access. Access to the internet, let alone affordable internet, is still very much a privilege. As an average across Africa, about one gigabyte costs equivalent to $3.30. Furthermore, smartphone ownership is still low. According to GSMA, there are only 272 million mobile internet users in 2019. Additionally, many individuals don't have personal computers or have internet access at home and many only access the internet through Wi-Fi and that's usually when they're at work, school, or at the cafe. Access right now is very much for the few, but that's slowly starting to change with Transcend, the Chinese manufacturer of Techno, Etel, and Infinix brands. The company makes the most affordable brick and smartphones on the continent. Yours truly was actually the owner of a Techno mobile for several years. And from my own personal experience, they're reliable, useful phones for both work and leisure purposes. Policy. We have to go back to 2011 
when at the UN, the Internet as a Catalyst was first mentioned. That catalyst is now to be better considered more of a human right. Flash forward to now, African leaders under the Smart Africa Alliance on Monday, the 7th of December, 2020, committed to bring down the cost of the Internet in their countries under an ambitious project that will be implemented starting this year. The Alliance has 31 member countries representing over 750 million people and over 40 private sector members committed to the advancement of Africa through digital transformation. The decision by the Alliance slash internet costs by half is one of a series of decisions announced during their latest virtual board meeting. Four other blueprints were developed in 2020, which includes the Digital Identity Blueprint for Africa, championed by Benin, and the African Blueprint for the Development of ICT Startups and Innovation Ecosystem, spearheaded by the Republic of Tunisia. Other blueprints are Smart Broadband 2025, led by Senegal, and the Smart Villages Blueprint, led by Niger. That's a lot of different blueprints by various countries, but overall it's positive to see the support behind connecting citizens to the internet. The politicians can only talk and provide policy incentives to telcos and big tech companies. But what about small local startups? How can they become involved? Also, before I move on to the next section, recognition also needs to be made for the work done by i for policy which is spearheading the development of startup acts across Africa, of which internet accessibility is intertwined with. A quick comment on the public sector. In terms of technological innovation in our history, the internet and iPhone actually came about because of public funding, as the private sector didn't have the will or capability to cover research and development. Which makes me wonder, how can African governments provide funding rather than just rhetoric and enthusiasm? Sector by sector. E-commerce. COVID-19 sped up the adoption of online selling, but even as more businesses went online, their bottom lines weren't transformed. In many cases, sales only covered 10 to 15% of total sales. Based on those numbers, that doesn't even cover the basic cost to keep a business running. And it's a massive challenge to get MSMEs online, and then they don't see meaningful results. In this case, seeing is believing, and they're not believing. From the storefront side, we're now starting to see fintechs such as Flutterwave and Paystack move beyond payments and into e-commerce. This can definitely be seen as a positive step, but hopefully one that reflects affordability and showcases better understanding of African sellers and consumers. Telemedicine. Countless startups and legacy institutions across the continent pivoted to offering telemedicine solutions, and rightfully so due to COVID-19. However, telemedicine caters only to a small minority. According to a July 2020 article in the Mail and Guardian titled Challenges and Opportunities for Telemedicine in Africa, it was reported in Nigeria the cost of a virtual consultation ranges anywhere from 6 to 24 US dollars per session. In a country where 40% of the population lives below the poverty line, that makes telemedicine services inaccessible to the lower class. Additional challenges for telehealth beyond slow internet speeds which will hopefully fix sooner rather than later, are stable, consistent electricity, and mobile phone network coverage. More so, African countries have some of the slowest internet speeds in the world.
COVID-19 accelerated the rate of adoption for EdTech. As schools and universities shuttered, alternative methods of learning and teaching had to be deployed, or used to a greater extent. As we all know, or can imagine, ensuring access to educational materials to our future leaders became paramount in order not to exacerbate the already existing inequality in education. Despite the growing need and popularity of EdTech solutions, there are more challenges than access to reliable, strong internet. EdTech struggles as it's heavily dependent on data and or devices. Not to mention, EdTech startups receive a small percentage of the investment received on the continent. This could partly be because of the income level of users and lack of speed and return rate. According to a database published by the EdTech Hub back in May, only two EdTech companies, Ubongo and Ineza Education, had over 1 million monthly users. That's right, only two. The products assembled in the database mentioned had a combined total of just 19 million regular users, compared to at least 450 million children age 14 or younger that live on the continent. The vast majority, 17 million of these users, were viewers of a TV show produced by Ubongo. For EdTech, a lot more needs to be solved than what telcos and tech giants are willing to offer right now. Just a fad. Coronavirus accelerated our professional and personal lives to be more online. However, once government and health restrictions are lifted, things could very much go back to the way they were. Then e-commerce is a nice to have and not a go-to for businesses and consumers. That internet as a human right was just a fad of 2020 in the halls of government and next year it'll be something else. That digital literacy programs and smartphone giveaways were merely a CSR aid back short-term program. Only time will tell. The verdict. As critical as I've been, I truly do hope the $180 billion opportunity turns into reality. But so much more needs to be done by the public, private, and even non-for-profit sectors. The support is terribly aspirational and really needs to be grounded by reality. That's it for this episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to check out our other episodes available. The Bankable Idea is a production of Step Change Africa. To learn more about Step Change Africa, be sure to visit our website at www.stepchangeafrica.com. Till next time.